Near the height of the Vietnam War, a musician wrote a song that resonated with a lot of people and invited everyone to imagine a world where everybody got together as one and there was peace and there was no more war and no more killing. But there was a problem. What the song invited everyone to imagine was just that, only something that had existed in imagination. Never had happened in world history and never would happen. It was impossible because it was advocating for a peace in the world achieved by human effort and a peace achieved apart from divine intervention. In fact, it was a peace that advocated getting rid of things such as religion in order that the peace might be attained. This morning we continue our series in the book of Genesis and we see that world peace is achievable, but it's not achievable by taking God out of the picture or by human effort. In fact, it's only achievable apart from human effort and by divine intervention. Today we take a final look at our series looking at the first three chapters of Genesis as we consider the one man who can not only bring world peace, but will forever do away with all wars and death forever. We see another foundational truth of the Christian faith as we look at the promised deliverer. Recall Adam and Eve, as we saw last week, were completely helpless to fix what had been ruined in creation. They, instead of turning and running to God for mercy and for help, ran from God, wanted God out of the picture for a bit. And instead of when God invited them to confess their sins, instead of acknowledging their wrong, they could only blame God and blame each other. And we see division and strife. We know what had happened. The devil, who's also called Satan, is brought up in this chapter. He's the one who is a spiritual created being, but who rebelled against the Lord, a fallen angel. And he remained allowed for a time to deceive and destroy as he roamed about. And with his cunning, he deceived Adam and Eve, and they fell right into his plot. See, the devil's lie was, just imagine a world without God's rules. Imagine if you could be in charge and you could do what you wanted. Just imagine. And Adam and Eve fell for his ploy, sought to attain paradise by their own efforts apart from God, and everything was ruined. And ever since that time, the devil has been leading the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve into that same deception, the lie that apart from God, you can achieve paradise. And without God and his word, you'll be happy. The devil succeeds and continues to try to get people to doubt God's goodness and his word. And Adam and Eve and their children remain forever lost without divine intervention. The devil has succeeded and continues to succeed in bringing division, death, and destruction. His lie is that apart from God, you can find goodness so that people turn to things ranging from self, pride, and sufficiency to advocating slavery, to advocating the sex trafficking that we see in the world today, to the wars that ravage and destroy, to every act of evil, all of it done in the name of mankind, man and woman trying to attain their own paradise forever on their own, 
lost, left only to imagine a world where there's no death and killing and division. But God's solution, his divine plan is revealed here in Genesis chapter 3. And here we see him first saying to the serpent as he speaks to the devil, you are cursed. And for Adam and Eve, there was that constant reminder whenever they would see the the snake crawling on its belly that it remained under God's curse. And Satan was condemned and lost. God had promised to undo the destruction and division and death that the devil had brought into the world. We see it here in a threefold promise. And that's what we'll consider today as we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God speaks again now to the serpent, saying, I will put hostility between you and the woman. That is, the devil and Eve were not going to be on the same side. The devil might have thought he had achieved bringing Eve out of God's camp and into his camp, rebelling against her creator. But God, note, God is the one acting here. He says, I will put hostility. Satan, she's not going to be on your side but I will bring her back to my side. And Eve, instead of believing the devil and following his ways, would once again trust in the Lord and turn to him and serve him instead of the serpent. And then there's a second tier. I will put hostility between your offspring, Satan, and hers. Now, some people simply take this as a mere explanation of why people and snakes don't get along. But there's a bigger picture here, a spiritual picture that the scriptures open us up to see and to hold on to in faith. The hostility that God brings into the world is between the devil and God's people. That hostility, which was there at the very beginning because of God's pronouncement, continues still today. We see the rest of scripture opening up and showing us this picture. All the way from the first man and his brother, Cain and Abel, of the first two sons, Cain and Abel, all the way to today, we see this division of two camps. Either you're on God's side or you're on Satan's side. There's only one of two camps that you can belong to, one of two that you can serve. And God says that hostility is something he will bring into the world, not because he's creating an arising hostility, but because Satan is ever in opposition to God's camp. We look in 1 John chapter 3, as we read on Sunday, that we are called God's children, that is, those who trust in him. And those who do what is evil and do not trust in the Lord, they are of the devil and actually called children of the devil. That's why when John the Baptist and Jesus speak and refer to their enemies, they call them brood of vipers. And when Jesus refers and speaks to his enemies, he calls them also offspring of the devil, as he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and he was a liar from the beginning, Jesus referring to the Garden of Eden. There are two camps, and God has brought those who trust in him through faith in him to be in his camp instead of following the devil and under the sway of the devil. The devil leads those in his camp to bring about confusion and division, death and destruction, both among themselves and especially against the children of God, as the devil seeks to destroy and ruin the work of God. But God has already pronounced the devil defeated and cursed. And he says, 
that Eve will not serve and be on the devil's side, and nor will the offspring of Eve, that is, believers, be on the devil's side. That hostility came out with the first two sons, Cain and Abel. Both of them knew the Lord. Both of them, on the surface at least, professed to serve the Lord and worship him. But Cain, who did not love and trust in the Lord, served the devil. <coughs> and Cain murdered his brother, showing that hostility which had entered into the world between believers and unbelievers, those who know the love of the Lord and those who serve and follow Satan. That hostility has remained because Satan continually seeks to destroy the work of God. But God triumphs. We get next to the third tier of this promise which God has spoken. He will put hostility between Eve and Satan, between believers and unbelievers, those who follow Satan and those who follow Eve in faith. And finally, he says, he, that is, the seed of the woman, and note this is singular in the Hebrew, he, Satan, will crush your head and you will crush his heel. God would defeat and destroy Satan through the one that would be born of a woman, a promised deliverer. A foundational truth of the Christian faith is found here in the first gospel promise in Genesis that God says he's going to send a deliverer to this world, one who would be born of the woman. All throughout the pages of scripture and throughout history, that promise was held on to by those who trusted in God. The children of Abraham and Sarah bore that promise that through their offspring, one would come. And through their offspring, the whole world would be blessed. The serpent crusher would be born. And also people like King David were told that of his line, one would be born into this world who would reign forever and would put an end to all hostility, defeat every enemy and bring all wars to cease forever. There was a prophecy regarding the serpent crusher, the deliverer who was promised. And that prophecy said that the people at that time would then take all of their swords and turn them into, into plows for their fields and take all their spears and turn them into knives to prune their vines. And that people would no longer train for war because there would be no need for war anymore. When this promised deliverer would be born, he would make war cease to the ends of the earth. Hostility would be over because the serpent would be crushed and the devil and all of his works would forever be lost and defeated. That one who would be born, born of a woman, is one that Jesus, is the one that scripture speaks of, Jesus, the Son of God. In 1 John, he says, the reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus was born. And he was a man beyond anything that our imagination could picture. The only man who could set us free from the devil's schemes and set us free from death and war forever. Jesus, beyond all imagination, is the Lord himself promised to come. The true Son of God from eternity took on human flesh, conceived by the Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He is the promised one, the serpent crusher, the one on whom all of Scripture focuses, and all of our hopes hinge, and all of our faith is centered. <clears throat> 
Jesus, as the true Son of God, faced that serpent, the devil. And though he was hungry as he faced him in the wilderness for 40 days, and though it was hard and he was alone, he won. All of the devil's schemes and tactics failed against this man, Jesus. And when Jesus was handed over and all those who served the devil nailed him to a tree, the devil might have thought he had won as he struck the serpent crusher, as the promised deliverer was pierced by the enemies of God. But Jesus on the cross, as he was pierced, took the curse of sin. Like a man who, when his heel is struck, receives all that venomous poison from a snake, Jesus absorbed all the curse of sin in his flesh and by his death destroyed the work of the devil. Because he did not remain in death. It was not a defeating blow that hit the, deliver, the promised deliverer. Jesus rose again to life and lifted up. He proclaimed his victory over the devil. And all the prophecies of Scripture regarding the serpent crusher were fulfilled as he destroyed the work of the devil, sin, death, and the devil's lies forever defeated, and eternal life granted to all of those who trust in the Lord. The devil's lies don't cling to the goodness of God, and any reliance on the goodness of God is what he tries to turn us aside from. But God has promised and revealed in his word that he has sent his deliverer. He has fulfilled his promise. And our God is good. He will bring all hostility and all wars to cease. It's something beyond our imagination that God would come to deliver his people, that he would take on flesh, and that all hostility would forever be gone, and the devil, our greatest enemy, would be forever crushed and defeated. This is a foundational truth of the Christian faith. And it all centers on one man, the promised deliverer. You know, when I take my children to concerts, they're, they're pretty little yet in age, so I often have to remind them before we get there, don't forget that it's polite to clap for every song. Even if you don't particularly like that song, that's just a polite thing to do, just to clap for at least a little bit. Well, when that same song was played, depicting a world where there would be world peace apart from God, apart from his promised deliverer, but by human attainments, my children looked puzzled. And sure enough, at the end of the song, despite having so many people sing along with the song around them and having hundreds of people around them clapping, they didn't clap. They recognized it was a lie of Satan. Peace is not achieved by people joining together as one and getting rid of God and religion. Peace is found by divine intervention and the promised deliverer, Jesus, the Son of God, who came to defeat the devil and destroy his works. And that is a peace which through faith, the daughters of Eve, believers hold to as a certain hope and in faith look forward to that time when he will make all wars cease and will forever put aside all enemies and there together with our God we can only now look forward to in faith we don't have to imagine 
but we trust with a certain hope, a peace that will never end. And there with our God and our promised deliverer Jesus, we will live as one. Amen.